Okay, so today is Tuesday, March 20th. This is TNT Sports Talk brought to you by D's Home Cuts. And today we are joined by the owner of D's Home Cuts, Dom. Uh, hi, I'm Dom Drockton, owner of D's Home Cuts. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on the show today. I'm really excited for it. Uh, thanks for having me. No sure. problem, Dom. Let's get going. And that is always my co-host, Truman Karcheski. And like I said, today is Tuesday, March 20th. And if you're like us, your bracket is completely busted. So let's yeah. get into it. Uh, so I'll just go over a couple of the big storylines from you know the tournament this weekend. Do you guys have, what's your biggest storyline from this tournament? I think you obviously have to start with Virginia losing. Um, UMBC, they, they did lose in the round of 32 to uh, Kansas State, was it? Um, yeah. They were a cool story. Obviously the first 16 to ever beat a one. Um, but I think it's fair to say, I think we're going to go in there our most disappointing teams, but... Um, Virginia obviously is the biggest disappointment I think for most people um, but I think the biggest storyline was the 16 uh, UMBC winning yeah I think uh, especially just watching you guys a show that like the past couple weeks Virginia was supposed to be like the powerhouse going in this tournament and to lose to a 16 seed is just crazy to see happen yeah I think another big storyline is Loyola Chicago they've really kind of called it yeah, we but me and Truman both called it. We, I actually called it too. <laughs> so we, big three over here called it. So we we uh been talking about Loyola Chicago and you know they've really become the kind of the Cinderella team of the tournament and you know Sister Jean is probably one of the greatest figures of this tournament. What did you say about that, Truman? Um, it's she's pretty cool. Um, I was laughing when she said um when she said she was they called her a national icon or whatever. And she corrected them and said she's an international icon. I thought she was kind of funny, and she's a she's kind of a figure now that like will look and clean. Yeah, any, anytime you can have a figure like that, you know, by a 92-year-old nun, it's cool to see, and it really gives the nation something to you know laugh at. Even casual sports fans, they can really relate to it. Another big storyline is Nevada. I think Nevada is one of the you know more surprising teams and one of the coolest teams to look at because they came back. You know, in the first round they played Texas. They came back from a 14-point deficit to grab a win. Then they played Cincy, and they were down 22 points, and they came back to grab a win. And I think that's just a cool storyline there. They're kind of underdogs, and they come back every single game. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, their coach made me made me really laugh when he came in after their big comeback win versus Cincinnati. Came into the locker room with his shirt off, running in like like he was crazy. Um, uh, that's a cool team. You know, a seven seed that. Um, is now in the Sweet 16. That honestly, has a very good shot to go to the Elite Eight and maybe, maybe even sneak their way into the Final Four. Um, but I think Nevada's, a, I think Nevada's got a really good shot. Yeah. So another, another team I think is kind of surprising is Syracuse. Um, they've really kind of, you know, played their way into contention here with you know their two-three zone, which has really suffocated you know uh, Michigan State and uh, I forget who they played first round Syracuse. Um. We're getting the I don't know, up. but I think whenever you have a coach like Bayheim, uh, you have a chance. Um, and just that zone is just suffocating teams. You know, Michigan State just look really frustrated, and it's just it's a really exhausting you know type of thing to watch when it's not working well. But it's really beautiful when it starts to work and they start to really they can play with anybody when they get that zone working. Uh yeah, they played a uh, TCU in the first round, which I didn't even have them beating TCU. Yeah, I think I had TCU. Yeah, in the first a round. lot of people said um, Syracuse was one of those teams, along with Oklahoma, who turned out to be a disappointment. But Syracuse was one of those teams that people said didn't deserve it, um, didn't deserve to get in. But they have that name, Syracuse, and they have that coach, so they're pretty much bound to get in. And now they're in the Sweet 16, causing havoc. 
I think another team mm-hmm. that's looking pretty good is Gonzaga. Um, they they play Ohio State. They played really well. They almost gave it up, but they played really well. You know, this might be the year that they finally make it to that Final Four spot with Xavier going down. And I, now I think they're the favorites to win that division. Now they're going to have to play Michigan, I think, which is going to be tough. But I think Gonzaga is really that favorite in that division. Yeah. Um, out of the first, um, the South region, um, I think it's setting up for a Kentucky Final Four run. And I hate to say that because I honestly hate Kentucky. I think I, I just one of my least favorite college basketball teams. Calipari's um, doing a great job. Yeah, but he's probably paying half those players anyways. Um, but when you set it up to when Virginia lost and then Arizona lost, I think we were all looking forward to an Arizona-Kentucky second-round matchup, and that didn't happen because Arizona choked. Um, I think you also had Cincinnati lose. Um, I think it's just setting up perfectly for a Kentucky run. Um, yeah, they've they, been playing pretty well. If they get past Kansas State, um, which I think they will, then they would play Nevada or Loyola, and I just think... For a team like um, Kentucky with all those top top tier prospects, I think it's setting up for them to make the Final Four again. Unfortunately, yeah. So let's stay on that. You know, I know you mentioned Arizona and Virginia, so we just wanted to give you know probably our most disappointing teams from the tournament, and uh, I'll let Dom start off. Who do you think's been the most disappointment so far? Well, uh, I already earlier said Virginia, but also the team who I actually had winning on my bracket is Michigan State. Uh, they came out in the first round and they won, but then they played uh, an eleven, yeah, Syracuse, a, yeah, eleven yeah. seeded Syracuse, and got upset by them, and they almost came back at the end, but still they just like they destroyed them in the rebound category that game. I think it was like eighteen to one at half, so they should have been up by way more, and mm-hmm. they just failed to put points on the board. I think I think Michigan State's one of those teams. I know me and Dom before. I'm not gonna kind of boast, roast in his face or whatever. Uh, getting his face about it, I kind of thought Michigan State was going to be an early exit because I saw them play Wisconsin, a bad Wisconsin team. Um, they beat them three times. They beat them three times with very Everybody close beat games. Wisconsin this year, but very close. Yeah, I want you choking the tournament again. Um, and we can see with Wisconsin not in there that this tournament's a big, big shit show. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I thought Michigan State was going to be an early exit, but it's disappointing because they were um, they were a two seed and. You know, it's just Michigan State's one of those teams every year. You just you kind of always want to pick them and go to the Final Four because it's Michigan State. Um, that was another disappointment. Um, but honestly, it, the people who have listened to every show, uh, the most disappointing team for me is overall has to be uh, Virginia. Um, a one seed loses to a 16 seed, you're an embarrassment. Um, you need to win that game. If you're considered a top two team in the country, you need to be beating the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. And you need to be beating them by 20. You do not need to be getting blown out. Um, I thought for that's that... What, yeah, that's what's most crazy to me is they didn't just beat them. They got demolished. Yeah, for that, I mean, for that university and those players that have been just dominating teams all year and we talked about how good their defense was. For that for that college and that uh, coach was Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett, Tony yeah. Bennett. That's just an embarrassment. Um, and I, I think they should be really disappointed. Yeah, Virginia is for me one of the most disappointing teams. You know that obviously they lost DeAndre Hunter, who was their sixth man. But I mean, losing a bench, losing a bench player, even though a bench player like caliber of DeAndre Hunter, it's no excuse to be getting blown out by a team who really, I mean, didn't expect. Nobody expected them to win, and that's just it's crazy to me. But for me, the most disappointing team, which is another team a lot of people had going very far, which was Arizona. You know, after that. Uh, title game with USC, Arizona looked dominant. DeAndre Ayton looked like one of the best players to come out of college basketball in the last couple of years. 
But with between him and Alonzo Trier, who are both projected high draft picks in the draft, you know they both just looked like they quit. They just wanted to get to the NBA as soon as possible. They just looked lost out there. And they got upset, and it was just a tough game for them and a tough game for everybody who picked them to go far in the tournament. And it's just a sad look for college basketball. Another, all right, now we're going to move on to our most surprising team from the tournament. And for me, I talked about them earlier, but Syracuse. You know, they've really kind of fixed that defense. They don't have the star players. Nobody really expected them to win. They had to do the play-in game to even get to the tournament. And now they're, you know, in the Sweet 16, you know, they beat a good Michigan State team. And their defense just looks suffocatingly tough, and they're hitting shots. I think they're the most surprising team so far of this tournament. Um, personally, I like uh, Texas A&M as the most uh, surprising team of the tournament um, so far. Uh, they beat, um, in the first round, um, they beat Providence, um, which I didn't pick. Um, Providence is always one of those teams you kind of pick, and they they seem like an easy um, 10 over 7. Um, but Texas A&M came, and they beat Providence. Um, and then the, the big game, they beat um, North Carolina, the two-seed, 86-65. to um, I thought that game was interesting. Texas A&M actually turned the ball over 14 times, while North Carolina turned it over six. And I think when you turnover category is huge for me um, when I look at games. And the fact that Texas A&M lost that and still won by 21 um, kind of proves that they, they got a good team. Um, and they would be, if they beat, um, I think they're playing Michigan. Is that? Who? Texas A&M. Uh, no, they're playing Gonzaga. No, 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 no. Here, we'll get this. Texas Michigan. A&M be playing Michigan, okay. um, and then the winner of that will be playing um, Gonzaga or Florida State. I think that sets up honestly favorably for Texas A&M. I like Michigan a lot, um, and if they get past Michigan, though, I think Florida State and Gonzaga. I think Texas A&M could be setting themselves up for a Final Four run. Uh, well, for most surprising team, I don't know how you couldn't go with Loyola of Chicago, uh, even though we all saw it coming since all three of us picked them. But called it. A lot of other people called probably it. didn't pick them. Uh, upsetting Tennessee, who was a uh, three, seed. three seed, which is like for to be an eleven seed and upset a three seed. Uh, everyone probably thought they just got like the one lucky win, then they came and backed it up again. Now they're gonna be playing the Sweet Sixteen. Sister Jean. Sister Jean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Um, Alright, let's get on my Sweet 16 predictions, or all of us Sweet 16 predictions. I'm just going to say, you know, who I think is going to come out of each division for that Final Four. Out of the South, I think Kentucky comes out of that. I think they're the best team out of the four. I think Gonzaga comes out of the West. I think Nova easily comes out of that East. And I think Duke comes out of that Midwest. And I think that sets up a Gonzaga-Villanova championship game. I think Nova takes that. Um... I would say definitely we agree on the um, Kentucky coming out of the the one region, um, south. the South. Um, I think they got they got the easiest road. Um, Loyola special story, um, Nevada special story, um, and Kansas State. That's another team that I think they got to get past. But I think once they get past those, Kentucky will get out of there. Um, I actually think Michigan. Even though I talked about Texas A and M, I think Michigan's going to get out of the West. Um, I like Michigan. I'm going to give a little shout-out to our hometown, John Teske, off the bench. Um, but I like Michigan. I think they're a hot team around tournament time, around the Big Ten tournament. They always seem to get hot, and they're getting there right now. Um, even with that special win over Houston, I think they can carry that momentum. 
Um, and then I think I agree with you. I think Villanova gets out of the um, out of the East pretty easily. Um, although West Virginia and Villanova will be a good game. Um, and then out of the Midwest, I think Kansas will get out of there. Um, I like Kansas. Shout out my boy Nate Meyer, listener of the show. He wanted a shout out. Um, I think Kansas will definitely get to the uh, Final Four, um, which will set up an interesting matchup between Kansas and Villanova. Um, I actually changed at the last minute. Um, I had Virginia, obviously. I changed to Villanova. So I think Villanova gets the national championship, and I think they'll be playing um, Kentucky in the national championship, and I think Villanova reigns on top again. Uh, I have a very similar to as Truman had, um, but except instead of Kansas out of the Midwest, I would say Duke. I just think mm-hmm. the the way Duke's been playing, uh, they've been having like a pretty solid tournament. Duke's experience too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're coming off like a blowout against uh, URI, which was a seven seed, so it's not super impressive, but still blowout. And they blew out the first team they played, Iona. So coming off two blowouts, I think they're just a hot team coming in. Um, I think they could carry it into the championship game if they do play well enough, and I could see them playing uh, either. In the Final Four, probably playing Nova. And then on the other side, I would say Michigan and Kentucky. And then maybe even have it be like a Kentucky-Duke championship, the nice rivalry game. Yeah, that'd be the biggest, the worst. That'd be a nightmare for me. Um, I hate both those teams, but I could, def- I could definitely see that happening. Um, Duke's experienced. Um, they're, they're coming into the tournament. Um, you know, they got a lot of years of success under their belt. And... Um, I could see that, but I just think Villanova's the best team in the country right now. Yeah, you just can't forget, you know, when Duke spanked Wisconsin in the national championship game. But let's move on to uh, NBA NBA talk here. We're going to keep on the basketball train. Uh, One of the biggest stories of, you know, the past couple weeks is Ty Lue. Um, He's leaving the Cavs right now. He's going to step away for a couple days. And uh, due to some chest pains and some illnesses that he's dealing with right now, uh, Woj from uh, ESPN reported that he'll be back probably in a week, but Larry Drew's going to be coaching for uh, the next couple days, I guess. He's already 1-0. Yeah, he's already 1-0. We'll get into that. Truman actually attended the game last night, but I think, you know, it's not going to make that big of a deal. You know, Ty Lue, I mean, this is LeBron's team. LeBron does it pretty much all. He makes the decisions. I think, you know, Lou kind of needed to step away from LeBron a little bit, I think, kind of get away, get a break from him. But I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference for, you know, a week. No, I don't think it's going to make a difference at all. I think I think Larry Drew's the same type of guy as Ty Lue. He coached for the Bucks for a year. Um, and he's just, it's LeBron making the decisions, and I don't think anybody can really deny that. Um, but it's not going to make any change because Ty Lue and Larry Drew, they've come up with the same system all year. They've coached together all year. And I don't think Larry Drew's going to make any drastic changes within a week of Ty Lue not being there. Yeah, and Ty Lue, I guess he still has this, the final say over the starting lineup for each game. Yeah, so I don't think it's going to change at all, really. All right, then we're going to get into uh, Truman was actually at the Bucks and Cavs game last night. What did you see out there, Truman? Um, Obviously the Cavs won, but... Yeah, uh, Cavs won 124-117, uh, I think. Um... I think I think Kevin Love uh, coming back really helped the Cavs. Um, now I'm gonna say this as Bucks fan, Kevin Love dominated. I think because we don't have a big man, um, we don't have a guy who can rebound at all. We don't really have any defense. Um, and I'm gonna say this, you know, the Giannis and LeBron debate. 
Um, you know, LeBron went out there. He put up 40, put up a triple-double. Giannis still threw up 37. Um, but I, I don't know. It was a good game. I don't think it's something that's going to change the Cavs' season because they beat the Bucks. I obviously I like the Bucks. I think they're a great team. But I, they don't have, really have a defense. They got the offensive firepower, and they put up 117 points. But they, I mean, they just beat Atlanta, uh, 122 to 117. 17. They're just not defending teams well. Um, so I don't think it's that big of a big of a win. Um, but obviously, any win's a good win. So yeah. So that was a pretty good game last night. German attendant because of his birthday. But uh, we're gonna move on to football now. We're talking about a little bit about free agency. A couple of the updates. You know, I know this isn't really free agency, but it's pretty big NFL news. Was when the Colts. Decided to trade back for the Jets. I think the Jets traded up to the third pick for a couple second-round picks, I think. And I think this really puts the Browns in a tight spot. Because now you got the... Uh, who's the second pick? Rosen. Giants. Oh, Giants. <laughs> I think you got the Giants and the uh, now with the Jets. I think they're both going to take quarterbacks. So I think if the Browns want to draft the quarterback that they want, that they have in mind, they're going to have to take him with the first pick. And I think this leaves, you know... If he take they take a quarterback with the first pick, I think Saquon Barkley could be snapped up by the Giants or even the Jets for that matter. The Jets didn't trade up to get Saquon Barkley. The Jets traded up to get their franchise quarterback. Yeah, and I think that really puts them at a tough spot for the Browns because they really have to choose. They really have to be careful about because if the Jets pick their quarterback that they want or even the uh, Giants, I think it really puts them at a tough spot. Um. Yeah, I think it obviously does. But if you look at you look at where they're at at four. Um, I've gotten in debates with this all week. Um, shout out Brett High. Um, it's really it's confusing because Saquon Barkley is the best overall player in the draft. I think he's easily the most got the biggest chance to have success out of anybody in the draft. Um, and I think if you want that, you draft Matt one. Obviously, they just brought in Carlos Hyde. But if you want that true impact day one player, day one starter, you go with Saquon Barkley. But it's so hard to find a franchise quarterback now, and obviously the Browns haven't had one for generations. So they have to, if they think that Darnold or Rosen or one of those guys is their franchise quarterback, go ahead and get him at one and then see who falls to you at four. Or even if someone wanted to trade up to four, um, and you could make some make some more picks off that. I don't know. If you got your guy, take him at one. But if you're still iffy, Take the most talented day one starter, and that's Saquon Barkley. Um, I actually think that it could actually end up helping the Browns because it could make Saquon Barkley slide to four because it looks like the Giants are going to be looking at quarterback and the Jets, I don't think they'd trade up to get Saquon. I think mm-hmm. they would definitely trade up to get their franchise guy. So they could end up with the best quarterback they want at one, then end up with Saquon Barkley, who's the best running back we've seen in a while uh, at four. And also, like uh, the past two years, we saw Zeke go as a high pick, and the Cowboys won a huge run that year. Then last year we saw Fournette go at a high pick, and we saw how good the Jaguars did this year. Uh, having that good franchise running back can really turn your whole entire like season uh, season around. Yeah, and I I just think Saquon Barkley is the best running back to come out of the draft, come into the draft in years, and you know, but like. I just think it's so hard to find your franchise quarterback. It's so hard to find your Carson Wentz. It's so hard to find your Aaron Rodgers. Um, that if you truly believe in your heart that Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen is going to be your guy for the next 10 to 15 years, you take him at one and you give no risks to anybody else getting him. Um, while I would take Barkley because I think he's going to be amazing, um, you can't. You just can't pass if you are surefire that one of those guys is going to be your quarterback. 
Yeah, and then a couple other news from free agency. Uh, today, the Jaguars released Alan Hearns. Shows that they're kind of moving away from him now. So that's another big name free agent wide receiver putting out there on the market. And uh, another big news, which scares me a lot, is Ndamukong Sue visited the Rams the other day. If the Rams can somehow find a way to pair Sue with Aaron Donald, and they got that secondary, I mean, you better watch out, I think. Sean McVay's got a pretty good group of guys there. All coached by Wade Phillips, who's a pretty good defensive coordinator. That could be pretty scary. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Um, but I don't think they're going to find a way to get him. And But... Because I think Sue's the type of guy who wants the money. I think he's going to go wherever he gets the most That's money. That's a pretty attractive offer, though. What? Sitting there with, you get paired with Aaron Donald. You don't have to be double teamed anymore. Dominican Sue doesn't give a crap. He wants money. Uh, yeah, but that was one of his biggest complaints last year is how he got double teamed all the time in uh, Miami. Dominican Sue's a punk. Dominican Sue's going to go wherever he gets the best chance to beat up on someone know. and and get the most money. Well, beating up on someone with the other best tackle yeah. in the league that could he's not going to get him. He's not going to get the, a max offer in Los Angeles. He's going to get a max offer where someone really needs him, like Tennessee or Oakland or somewhere where he can go be a punk and do whatever the hell Dominican Sue does, and where he can get make the most money. I don't know. I mean, that's a pretty attractive offer for me. If I was Sue, I mean, I'd be all over that. Yeah, because right because you're not you you're not Sue. You don't want you don't want to make the most money in the world. He literally said there was a rumor where it came out and said that he wants to take he's going to take the best offer no matter where it is. Yeah, well, we'll see what kind of goes you know that direction, I guess. But a couple of the best free agents we want to get into best free agents available right now. Sue's at the top of the list, I think. He's the best, I think, defensive player left on this market. And I think he's going to have a lot of offers. Another person who's pretty big, big name, more than the last couple of years, but now, I mean, he's still available, is DeMarco Murray. He's no longer a franchise running back. I think he's got to go someplace where he can really, you know, maybe maybe not sit. Maybe he could, could be the starter, but he's not a three down, four down back anymore, I don't think, anymore. And another player, you know, Jonathan Hankins, is another one of the top defensive players available. He got released by the Colts um, a couple days ago and because they're switching schemes now. He's one of the best interior defense linemen in this league. He had a big contract last year. I think he's another big name left on that market. Um, another guy I like, um, obviously Hankins, um, but Hankins is probably going to go. He's from Ohio State. Yeah, he's probably going to go to jail like the rest of Ohio State players. Um, <laughs> and one j- player in jail. Yeah, Ezekiel yeah, beat his girlfriend. He's not in jail. <laughs> um, so I think Hankins will go wherever Ndamukong Sue doesn't go. Because I think uh, Ndamukong Sue is obviously going to get attraction from teams that need defensive line help. So I think Ndamukong Sue will probably take the first um, the first need that a team comes up and offers the most money. And then Hankins will probably come in and um, you know clean up a team that lost out on Sue. Um, but a team that... A player that I like, and obviously I kind of watch this position because the Packers desperately need one, um, is cornerback. I like EJ Gaines. Um, he played for Buffalo last year. I don't know why he's not creating more of um, a market right now. Um, he was a top 15 corner um, on Pro Football Focus last year. Um, I I hope and pray that the Packers are looking at him at least. Um, but I, he visited with the Cardinals last week. Uh, no deal came from it. Um and I would really love to see the Packers go for him, but I'm surprised there's not a market for him yet. A uh, guy that I, uh, I've been looking at was uh, before the Steelers signed Trey Boston or uh, signed Morgan Burnett this morning. I was looking at Trey Boston. Uh, he signed a one-year prove-it deal with the Chargers this past season, and he had a quiet, very good season. 
they did have some key injuries to their secondary with uh, Jason Brett going down early, but he still uh, helped them like keep it going throughout the year. They did just miss the playoffs this year, but I think uh, wherever he like, I wanted him to go to Steelers, but obviously we got Morgan Burnett now, a Packers guy. You guys, yeah, know a lot we'll about get him. into that a little bit later. Um, that ends it, wraps it up for football talk. Let's get into a nice little ad read here. We obviously we got D's in the studio today. But this is just a reminder that our show is still brought to you by Dee's Home Cuts. Dee's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, Dee's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut with styling. Truman and I have been getting our haircut at Dee's for the last couple of months, and let me tell you, we have never looked or felt better. Every time you go into the shop, you can always tell you're, you're going to get a professional cut. The cuts also get better each time because Dee's is always upgrading their equipment to give you the best cut possible. You can find D's Home Cuts on Twitter at Dom's Home Cuts. You DM him for appointment, and trust me, you will not be disappointed. D's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. All right, and let's get into some MLB talk. We're not going to do much. Opening day is next week, next Wednesday. Um, we just want to give our bold predictions for this season, something that is could happen, but you know, nobody else is really predicting it. For me, I have two, but my biggest one is I think the Yankees miss the playoffs. I do not think they're going to make the playoffs this year. If uh, I think Judge, if he regresses, I think Stanton, this is the only year last year he played all the games. I think he's injury prone. I think he'll get hurt. So without Stanton in the lineup, you know, Judge regressing, I don't think the pitching does as well as it did last year. I think Sabathia falls off. He's too old now. And I think Ser- Serena or whatever, he's one of the Cy Young pitchers last year. I don't think he does as well as people think, and I think they end up missing the playoffs. Um, a bold prediction I have is I think um, while the Dodgers do make the playoffs, I think the Diamondbacks do win the NL West. Um, they had 93 wins last season. Um, they just they were competing with the Dodgers till the end. Um, uh, I, while I do like the Dodgers, I think they will get a wild card spot. I just think the Diamondbacks, um, I like... I like Paul Goldschmidt. I think their lineup has, I I think it has MVP um, candidates all over the place. Um, and you know, Granke is their ace. They have a good, consistent rotation. Um, when you just look at the Diamondbacks as a whole, they've got the pitching staff, they've got the hitting. Um, and with 93 wins last season, I think it's time for the Diamondbacks to take the next step. And I do think they end up winning the NL West, which we'll get into later with our prediction for each MLB division. But I think the Diamondbacks um, get over that hump and finally beat the Dodgers and win that division. Okay, another uh, bold prediction I have. Truman's not going to like this. It's a pretty pretty out there, pretty bold prediction. And uh, nobody else is talking about it. But I think that Trevor Bauer puts himself into Cy Young contention this year, and I think he goes out and wins that award. I think he is Consistent Bauer? Towards the end of last year. DL Bauer? On the the, DL half the year? He was never on the DL last year. On the DL or in the bullpen, that's where he's at. He was at the bullpen in one time in 2016. On the DL or in the bullpen. I think, you know, he had a pretty great second half last year. He's one of the, you know, he's one of those guys that is always looking to prove himself. You know, they saw the video of him throwing 116 miles per hour. Obviously, he was running when he was throwing it, you know, off the hop. But I think, you know, he finally settled down last year and started to throw that curveball, which is just electric every time you watch it. He's got that kind of cocky attitude, which you want in a top pitcher. And, you know, I think 
my he's one, he's probably my favorite Indians player. And you know, last year I think it was Garcia from the White Sox. He struck him out, and he just pointed to him to go to the dugout and sit down because he was talking crap. Trevor Bauer to me is never really come up to that How potential. How does that make you a Cy Young if you talk shit to someone? He, he just has that <laughs> dog, that kind of arrogance about him that you need. It's not too much. It's not... Yeah, because Clayton Kershaw, the best pitcher in the game, has but, a um, lot of arrogance. I think uh, you know, he, he was drafted really high overall with the Diamondbacks. He wasn't really projected... He was projected to do a lot, and he really didn't. You know, He had a lot of problems with Arizona. He was isolated from the team, but he really... When he came to Cleveland... Terry Francona took him under his wing, and you see each year he progresses, he gets better and better, and I think this is the year he takes that next step into Cy Young contention and maybe even winning it. And I think he becomes the Indians, I think he makes his Indians staff one of the best rotations of all time. With oh my Carrasco, gosh, Carrasco, you biased Car- joke. Kluber obviously won the Cy Young last year, and hey, I think Carrasco was top three. I get yelled at for talking about the Brewers, but this man can say that this is the best rotation of all time. If Trevor Bauer established himself as a top MVP, top Cy Young candidate, and then you got Carrasco and Kluber and Clevenger, who's up and coming, who maybe in a couple years will be on this as my bold prediction for a Cy Young winner, I think this Indians rotation can definitely make some noise. Oh, that was dumb. No, uh, I think that's, a, that's why we call it bold predictions. Let's right? move cool. on now. So, question and answer, because um, we need to get away from that bullshit. Um, for the first question and answer, uh, a viewer submitted our favorites to win each MLB division. Um, I'll start this out. We'll um, just go. We'll just go division by division. Yeah. Uh, so we'll start out the AL East. <laughs> the AL East. Yeah. Dom's not. Dom's, Dom's not going to be in this. We'll get to Dom's interview yeah. in a second. Um, in the AL East, uh, while Travis gives his. Bullshit, bold predictions. Um, bold. Uh, I think the New York Yankees are far and away the best team in the AL East. And I have the Red Sox in that division. Uh, when you add Giancarlo Stanton and compare and pair him with Aaron Judge, I don't know how you're going to pitch that lineup with all the other pieces that they have. So I'm going to go with the Yankees. Um, I think they can be the best team in the AL um, next to the Astros. And I guess you want to throw the Indians in there. Um, you have to with that rotation. I th- I think the Yankees are the best team in the league, honestly, and I think they could win close to 100 games next year. All right, then we'll move on. I I, I said Red Sox, if you didn't hear me, but uh, AL Central. I'm going to sound biased, but I mean, I think the Indians run away with it. Easy. I think the Indians will win too. Easy. Um, Not much com- AL West. AL West, I think, again, is another one of those divisions. You know, Astros are just the best team in that division, I think they'll easily win that. I think the Astros are, you can't pick against them. I I mean, the next best team I think you could toss between the Angels and Mariners, and they're just not close to... Angels, them. if Otani pans out, I think the Angels could make some noise, but I mean, I don't... Not with the Astros, though. Yeah, but let's move on to the NL. We go to the NL East. I think the Nationals, again, they're the best team in that division. I think they'll easily win. Far and away, too. I think the Nationals are the best team in the division. The next best team, I would say... Honestly, you could say the Mets, but because their rotation. But I honestly think it could be the Phillies this year. But I think the Nationals run away with that division. If the Mets rotation stays healthy, they can definitely make some noise. Let's go to the NL West. I think again, it's tight. It's really tight with the, you know the Diamondbacks, the Rockies are good, but I think the Dodgers win it easily. Uh, well, I just I said the I think the Diamondbacks will win that division. Um, and 
you know, Justin Turner broke his wrist. That's some news that just came out. You know, that's a huge loss to them. He'll be out a month, hopefully not longer. But I think the Dodgers, you know, with that pitching and with that lineup, they're going to, and with Cody Bellinger, I think, you know, they're going to win that division. I think the Diamondbacks will. And the NL Central, I think this is a bit of a shock. I think the Cardinals win that division. I think they got a lot better with Azuna, adding him. He's an all-star caliber player. You know that. What really, about Yelich with the Brewers there? I think Osuna's better. I think he's more proven. Yelich is better in the long term, but I think Osuna is better for the next season. Yeah, I like they long, got a couple. I pitch, like longevity. They got a couple pitchers. Own the future. That's what we say, in Milwaukee. Own the future. And you never have. That's why we got to uh, talk own about the Cardinals. The future. Um, their pitching is not great. I think they got a couple young prospects coming up that Old are going dirt. to crack the lineup this year. Going to crack the rotation, and I think they could add to that. Cardinals team, who's pretty pretty strong right now, and I think they're going to go ahead and win that. You talk about those young pieces that can come up, um, but I don't see a guy on there right now that, on the Cardinals rotation that is under 75 years old, um, or over 75 years old. I think they're all pretty old, and I think they're all kind of washed up. I think, I'm not going to be biased. I do think the Brewers make the playoffs as a wild card, um, but I think the Cubs, as much as it pains me to say, will win that division. Um, I... I just think they won the World Series, and I think everyone kind of had, after they win the World Series, every team kind of has that hangover, um, and I think that's what the Cubs had, and I think this next year, I think they're going to take that step um, back into the right direction. I think the Cubs will win the division, but I uh, I do have the Brewers making the wild card, so just... So the last question, we didn't have enough, we didn't have a lot of questions, and we wanted to kind of shorten it up, because we do have the Keep asking with Dom, yeah, keep sending those in. Is what are some of our favorite things to do outside of sports? Obviously, we play we play sports, we watch sports, we play fantasy sports. You know, we play sports video games. But some of the things we like to do outside for me, I like to you know I like to work out. I like to you know run and you know go to the gym, lift. You know, get big. Uh, a couple other things I like to you know I like to read. I enjoy reading. I like to play some chess. Chess is a fun game. It's a sport kind of, but. Yeah, some of those my favorite things to do outside of sports. Uh, well, you can tell who the nerd of the family <laughs> is. Um, just kidding. Um, I like as well. Uh, I like to work out. Um, after football ended, um, it just kind of it's a it's a you know kind of turned into a hobby. But I'm pretty busy with school and work now that I don't always get to go. Um, but that's one of my hobbies. I also like to in the summer go fishing when I'm not working. Just outdoors, stuff like that. Um, it's it's kind of hard to find one outside of sports because it seems like I'm always doing something that has to do with it. Um, yeah, this was a tough question, even though it seems pretty pretty, pretty basic. I'm, I'm not the biggest school guy. Um, you can, <laughs> my friends kind of laugh when they hear me talk school or anything that's supposed to be smart. Um, but yeah, I just say outdoorsy stuff, just fishing and stuff like that, hanging out with my friends and doing stuff probably hanging out with my friends and playing sports, but uh, just hanging out with my friends, doing stuff like that, um, really all of the above. All right, let's get to our interview with Dom. He's been here, you know, most of the show. Uh, he was kind of a late add to most of our topics, so he didn't have a lot researched, so we apologize for that. We just want to, you know, t- tell us, Dom, what's some of your experiences with sports? Uh, I played, uh, like, tackle football and flag football, like, most of my whole life. I stopped playing around freshman year. Uh, I played rec basketball. Uh, I think like eight or nine years, uh, pretty long-term veteran in that sport. <laughs> uh, rec baseball, uh, 
played for most of my life. Just a lot of like rec sports, rec soccer. I started playing in high school. Coach Truman, he's been coached by me under under my system. He went to like two <laughs> games, I think, this year. Yeah, it's funny because uh, me and Truman and Don are probably some of the only three guys to ever strike out in slow pitch softball. And uh, I've never struck. You struck out. Oh. Uh, yeah, you did. And uh, it's it's pretty cool. You know, we both play. We all three played on the same softball team along with a couple other people. Well, what tell us about your uh, favorite teams? Your favorite pro teams? Uh, my favorite team is uh, for football the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, always been a Steelers fan. Grew up a Steelers fan. Uh, and then for basketball, it's the Cavs because uh, Pittsburgh doesn't have an NBA team. Uh, next closest place is the Cavs. Uh, I'm not a really big baseball fan, so I wouldn't really consider like any team a favorite. Uh, college football, same thing. Kind of move around a little, like just root for like players I could see, like the Steelers maybe having a chance at drafting since we're always a late draft pick because we're always in the playoffs. Same. Uh, not not this. Year. Uh, <laughs> you, you lose the greatest quarterback of all time. All right, go. Uh, Fort Truman rudely interrupted me while I was talking. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, just like most of the other sports, I just kind of like watch it to watch it. Mm-hmm. No real favorite teams. Let's get into some Steelers talk. You know, they've made a couple moves. I think yesterday, you know, they they took Morgan Burnett from us to kind of shore up that secondary. They added uh, John Bostick, who is a linebacker, you know, kind of replaced Shazier. He's been a pretty decent linebacker over the past couple of years. What do you think about those moves? Oh, well, I don't think Bostick's going to replace Shazier. I think he's just going to be like a one- to two-year plug for him. I think he's a, a low-cost signing with a... You think Shazier comes back? I think he, like, from everything that he's been saying and his dad's been saying, like, I think he definitely tries to come back. If he can't, though, I definitely see us going linebacker within the first or second round this year. And I still see us going safety within the first or second round. I think John Bostic, though, is a great plug. I think he's a low-cost, high-potential signing because he did just have his best year of his career with the Colts. Uh, he did have a pretty bad start, though, with the Bears and Patriots. I think he was on another team, but I don't remember for sure. Hard to be good in Chicago, but... Uh yeah, uh sure. Uh so I think he's a great signing and he's very he runs a four six, uh which will be great and uh, I think he'll do pretty well in Pittsburgh. And then Morgan Burnett I think is a great gadget player. From the start of free agency you can ask Truman, I always said I want the Steelers to get him. Told him multiple times, even told his dad on the phone one time when he drove me to school. Uh so I'm very happy with that signing. I think he's gonna be great. I think he fits the Pittsburgh mentality. Uh he's a leader on the field. I saw James Jones said that he's like uh, having a defensive coordinator on the field, so I think he's going to be great. I'm excited for him, too. Do you think the Steelers have enough to win the Super Bowl? I think we need to get a couple more pieces at inside linebacker and at safety, because right now we only have two safeties on our roster. Uh, but I think definitely we could, like within this year or next year, these are our years to win the Super Bowl again if we're going to while Big Ben's still playing. Um, yeah, I think that window with Big Ben's pretty, it's closing pretty fast. Uh, it, I, I mean, I can't disagree with that. I think it definitely is, but I think that the Patriots are also like going down, especially free agency. You see, they lost a lot of key players, and they didn't really. They only well, signed back that, like two I don't other really guys. Know about that offensive line anymore in New England? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they did lose a lot of players. They lost their <laughs> star left tackle. I heard their other tackle is visiting yeah, a few places. Fleming. Yeah, yeah. Lost I think that. the Steelers can make a run. I don't. I don't, I, you know, they really, you know, this is the, this year or next year is really the only years I think they have left. You know, obviously they got Antonio Brown, best receiver, I think, in the NFL. By far. I think, I think this is the year, though, that the Steelers uh, make a move and find their next franchise quarterback in the draft. No, um, I don't believe that yet. I hope so. I, you think, what do you, why? 
<laughs> they, I don't think this is. They're not. You think Landry Jones? I think they got bigger needs than a quarterback right now in the draft. I think they want to find somebody, obviously a safety, well, and an inside linebacker. That's I, an I issue though. For some teams though, they they wait, they wait, and then their guy retires, and then they're sitting. Yeah, in. but I don't think they're gonna take a quarterback for the first couple of picks. I think. I, I think, think they have to. The only way I think we take quarterbacks if a better one slides to us, like. Maybe Mason Rudolph in the first round. Yeah, uh, he gets a lot of comparisons. Big I don't ben. think this is a year though where they make a clear move to get a top five quarterback in the draft. I, think, I don't think we'll get a top five because I also could see us getting a linebacker in the first round, then yeah. waiting and drafting one later. I think you could see them trade up in the second round though, and I think you could see them if a guy like I don't, I mean, I don't know, it's such a debatable guy like Lamar Jackson. Um, but I, I agree. I love Mason Rudolph. I've talked about him like every show. Um, if he fell into the second round in the, like the 35, 36, 37 area, I could see Pittsburgh make a move, draft a linebacker in the first round, make a move up into the mid thirties and draft a guy like Mason Rudolph. Yeah. I think, you know, this window closing pretty fast that they don't get a quarterback here soon. <laughs> I don't like the Steelers. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like the Steelers. I just think, you know, I don't, I'm not a big Tomlin guy. I don't think he's a good coach. I think oh, he's wow. ten times better than what you got up there in Green Bay. I think he's more of a cheerleader, motivator type of guy than a you know. Wow, than a, <laughs> that's you know, funny because McCarthy looked very flush this like, year yeah. after losing a quarterback. Uh, Most teams you think could at least like. Oh, well, calm like, down. You think Tomlin would do good well, with Brett Hundley as his quarterback? Philly, Nick Foles. They won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. You think didn't Hundley didn't almost beat? Pittsburgh? Almost. Wait, did, does, all, does in, it say, does it say almost? When Big Ben went down and, <laughs> does it say and Landry almost? Jones came in, Tomlin didn't do nothing. Well, Landry Jones is, I don't think Landry Jones would be good on any team in the NFL. You think Brett Hundley would be good on any team? I think he's better than Landry Jones. No, I'd like to debate, I would debate that to my grave. Landry, jo- Landry, Landry Jones, Jones is better than Brett Hundley. Landry Jones came in in the playoff game uh, two years ago in Cincinnati. First pass, interception, right to Vontez Perfect. Brett Hundley can almost barely throw the, the ball 30 yards. Brett Hunley, his least, only good game was against. At least Pittsburgh. he has his legs. What? He doesn't have legs. He runs more than Landry Jones. Yeah, Landry Jones has got the better arm. Ugh, that's even debatable. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's. I think. I think the Steelers got a shot. I think this is this year, next year. You know, it's going to be tough to keep that group together. And Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and Big Ben. It's going to be tough to keep those guys together. And then you got you know the Jaguars are up and coming. The Chiefs are up and coming, and another team, dark horse team, is the Chargers. I think they're up and coming. They How got about a, those Cleveland Browns. They got thing? a no. They got a great young defense Dude. there in San Diego. Couple they years. had a couple weapons there on offense. You know, Mike Williams, first round draft pick last year, got hurt, didn't play much. I think he could make an impact this year. I just think the Steelers, you know, their defense, their secondary especially, is not great. I think they're going to need to draft a safety high. Somebody like a Ronnie Harrison from Alabama. I'd love Ronnie Harrison. I think the pair, Morgan Burnett's a good player. He's a solid safety. He's not the star player that people may think he is. You know, obviously though, with we've seen players from Green Bay leave and just go off like Casey Hayward, Micah Hyde. So he could turn into a you know star player for them. Yeah, I like Morgan Burnett in Green Bay. Um, I didn't really want to see him go, but I think I think we're in the middle of a uh, Green Bay's kind of the rebuilding their secondary. Um, so, I mean, I I felt like it was kind of useless money for us to spend on him when we're kind of rebuilding everybody around him. Um, but you guys have any corners up there? No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what we do have? We have Aaron Rodgers. Um, no, and I think... I don't uh, think he plays corner, though. He could play whatever he wants to because he's the greatest <laughs> player of all time. Um, but I, I like Morgan Burnett. He's physical. Um, you know, he's he's like uh, James Jones said. He's He was the quarterback of our defense, even though our defense was... Horrible. Um, and 
he can really do whatever he's but his um his cons are he is a little bit injury prone um and he is a little bit slower but that's why they play him down and um yeah he's versatile he yeah. can play you know he can play up at linebacker if they need him to you know um let's move on from the Steelers talk tell us Don who's your favorite athlete of all time that's a tough question. Uh, my favorite athlete of all time would probably have to be Troy Polamalu, who I believe is the best safety of all time in the NFL history. Ed Reed? Uh, I think that Troy Polamalu, just his instincts and just how he played would just make him better Charles than Woodson Reed. has something to say about that, too. Uh, yeah, Charles Woodson. He was a great Raider. Uh, he'll always be remembered as a Raider. Not and when he won the Super Bowl Super up Bowl in Green Bay. Defensive player of the Super year. Super Bowl over who? Uh, I think we're just Steelers. talking about who my uh, favorite athlete is. What's your favorite... You know, we're going to start doing this with more guests. What's your favorite sports memory? Um, well, for recent sports memory, my favorite recent memory was I was watching the uh, two years ago, I believe now. Uh, it's actually known as the uh, Immaculate Extension when Antonio Brown uh, reached the ball over the goal line to get us the win versus the Ravens because I was watching it with my uh, uncle, who's actually a big Patriots fan. He was chirping in my ear all game, so it was great to have that win. <laughs> uh, and then just... Uh, other memories like uh, Steelers winning the Super Bowl with like James Harrison's 99-yard interception return, Santonio Holmes in the corner, one of the greatest moments in all of Super Bowl history. Yeah, Santonio Holmes went to Ohio State. Great player right there. Did he beat any girlfriends? No, they played? don't do that. Oh no, he was a drunk. Yeah, I don't think he was. Yeah, he was towards the end of his career. He was I a drunk. don't think think he was. Uh, all, right, all right, we'll fact check that. Yeah, right now. I don't think you have any source on that at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So obviously, you know those that Super Bowl was pretty big, you know, that was one of the most, you know, watched Super Bowls of all time, and that play at the end of the game with Santonio Holmes was just amazing, and it really, you know, established Big Ben's legacy, I think. Steelers, Santonio Holmes, sidelined by marijuana charge, sorry, it wasn't drinking. Where, where's um, this from? What was it? The Post-Gazette, Pittsburgh, October 25th, 2008. So, yeah, another I mean, Ohio yeah, State. I mean, I mean, if you're going to call out every single player though for marijuana use i mean you'll have a pretty long list i think oh, another ohio state guy put that on the list i think we got a few on there now yeah um so where are we so tell us about uh you know obviously we talk about it we're talking about it every show tell us about these home cuts oh uh, it's just a little business i started up in my basement uh last year uh started actually not even in my basement I started at one of my friend's garages cutting his hair and it just has grown since then uh I uh, love to be a supporter of the show. I think this show has a lot of potential. I think it's going to be great. Amen. I'm excited to see how it grows uh, in the next couple months or even years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we'd like to thank Dom for coming on the show today. Thank you, uh, Dom. Thank you for having me. Uh, again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, D's Home Cuts. We ask that you give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Subscribe and review the show. It really helps us out, especially the five-star review really helps us out. You know, follow us on Twitter, too, as we tweet, you know, different updates about the show. You can send in your questions and, uh, you know, DM us if you want to be a guest on this show. We we're we're going to try to do every Tuesday, try to get some sort of guest on the show. We like, you know, Dom, we're going to probably have him back a couple, you know. A few if, times. If he wants to come back. But sure. uh, follow us again on our Twitter. Our Twitter is at TNT Sports Talk 1-2. And, uh, again, we'd like to thank you to our guest, Dom. And we just wanted you to have a great day and tune in on Thursday. Thank you. Go Packers.